emergency backup goalie, Jack Hughes named an all-star, hard-fought game despite Gillies making a few mistakes. Man, what was happening in this game and all the stuff that was leading up to it for the New Jersey Devils? We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And what more can I say? Don't you just hate when you get half a prediction, right? So if you guys missed the last episode, I basically talked about some of the narratives that were going into this matchup against the New York Islanders. I talked about some of the players that were returning from COVID protocol. I talked about Mackenzie Blackwood going on to the COVID protocol list alongside with Akira Schmidt. And basically the huge question was who was going to back up John Gillies because basically we knew that John Gillies was going to get the start, but we didn't know who his backup was going to be. I'll talk about that momentarily. But uh, in the last episode, I said that the New Jersey Devils, this was going to be a gimme win for them. I was not concerned going into this matchup just because I felt like they could handle the Islanders despite being shorthanded. We're still missing Jesper Brat. We're still missing Damon Severson. Obviously, we're going to be missing Mackenzie Blackwood for a few games. And we're also missing Akira Schmidt. So, you know, we're, we're still shorthanded. We got a few players back. You know, we got Bastion back. He was a game time decision. We got Sharon Govich back. We got Zaka back. And we got got Janssen back. So here's the thing, guys. I did say in the last episode that Sharon Govich was going to be a difference maker and that he was going to be the biggest addition going forward for the Devils who came off the COVID protocol list because Andreas Janssen having a great season and, you know, Zaka is able to contribute now and again. But at the same time, I just felt like with the role that Sharon Govich was on lately, because in his past few game appearances after the extended Christmas break, he scored in each of his game appearances and he continued the streak, basically. He, you know, he didn't miss a beat. He was able to give the New Jersey Devils a one to nothing lead. So I'll talk about that later in the episode. But I told you guys that, that that was going to be a difference maker for the New Jersey Devils. And I talked about him and the duo of Jack Hughes. Now, here's the thing. Jack Hughes was on the ice when Sharon Goich scored his goal. However, the assist was uh, given to Subban and White, the defenseman. So j- just putting that out there, even though Jack Hughes didn't assist on Sharon Govich's goal, you know, he was still on the rank. He was still on the ice. So I told you guys that Sharon Govich, uh, he was going to be a difference maker. So I'll, like I said, I'll talk about that later in the episode. But I kind of want to focus on a big story coming into this game because like I told you guys, Mackenzie Blackwood had to go onto the COVID protocol list. So we're going to be without him for a couple games. He is going to be out of commission until he comes out of quarantine. And basically the question was, who is going to be the backup goalie for Mackenzie Blackwood? So we we talked about uh, John Gillies, and I said there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it, that John Gillies was going to get the start. Even I, I said uh, a few episodes ago, I said maybe it's time to put in John Gillies against the Islanders or the Coyotes just to give Mackenzie Blackwood a little bit of a breather because he was putting in some extra work. He was putting in some extra time. And now uh, whether he wants to or not, he's going to be out of commission. He's not going to... Uh, Uh, be able to play in these next two games. But here's the thing, guys, and this is on me for not doing further 
research, but I found out that Nico Dawes is currently injured alongside with Jonathan Bernier. So we're basically without four goalies, Mackenzie Blackwood and Kira Schmidt on COVID protocol, and then Bernier and Dawes injured for the Devils. So it's like we can't get a break with the goaltending issue. So, you know, like I said, obviously we have John Gillies, but we had to get in an emergency backup. We had to sign someone to basically an amateur deal, just basically saying like, this is not a guaranteed deal. You're just here because we're really out of options. Like we can't go to our AHL program and both of our NHL goalies are out of commission. So we were able to find one. His name is Kyle Shapiro. He is a New Jersey native. He played division three college hockey for the University of Southern Maine and also New England College. During his tenure with both respective schools, he put up respectable numbers, nothing very spectacular. His best season was his junior year in which he appeared 17 games for the University of Southern Maine, and he had a goals against average of 2.55 and a save percentage of 929. So, you know, there was nothing really um, spectacular about him, but beggars cannot be choosers. He actually played for a New Jersey team uh, in the EM JHL, I, I really hope I'm, I'm saying it right. Uh, he played for the New Jersey Hitmen. So, you know, he has that experience with playing with a New Jersey team, at least. So uh, you couldn't run up a better story. So like I said, New Jersey native, uh, grew up watching the New Jersey Devils, and now he gets to play for his hometown team. And, albeit, I wish the circumstances were a little bit different. I'm sure he wishes it too. Like, I'm sure he wishes that it was a like a, a real contract, not just an emergency backup kind of thing. But at least he's getting the opportunity. That's a lot more than what people could say. But aside from Kyle Shapiro's story was great, didn't play in this game. And that's all I really have to say because, like I told you guys, uh, we're missing a lot of goalies. So we basically had to just find – uh, and scramble for a goalie just to back up John Gillies. Worst comes to worst. But John Gillies actually put up a pretty good performance against the New York Islanders. Now, he made a few mistakes, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I, I think he put up the best effort he could potentially put up because, like I told you guys, and this is kind of the downfall of John Gillies, and this is not on him, he doesn't have that much NHL experience, so you kind of saw the mistakes. So that first goal he led up to the New York Islanders, I don't know if you guys see the replay, but when he was trying to you know, save the puck or knock it away, he actually shielded his face. And when you do that, you can't see. You can't see the puck when you're basically covering your eyes. I don't know what he was doing, but he, he covered his eyes a little too long. The puck is loose, and then the Islanders are able to just knock it on in. So... And they did it with ease. And uh, I believe uh, he had his back turned too. So, you know, at the same time, that was a fluke goal. That was not, you know, a spectacular goal from the New York Islanders. Nothing you could really complain about. Loose puck and they just were in the right place at the right possible time. But rookie mistake and also another goal that the Islanders scored. I believe this is when they tied it up. Once again, loose puck, right place, right time. You wish you could have those back, and I, I don't believe Mackenzie Blackwood, if he was on his A game and, and you know, completely focused and uh, in on the game, I don't think Mackenzie Blackwood would have made those types of mistakes. Same with Jonathan Bernier. But like I said, John Gillies, he's going to make mistakes. He's still growing. He's still trying to get used to the NHL. He's just looking for his chance. And I don't think anyone could really complain about the outing from John Gillies. I think he put up the best uh, possible outing that he could have potentially have done. And, you know, like I said, some of those goals that he let up, it, it is frustrating. And I, I don't believe that Blackwood or Bernier would have let them up. But at the same time, guys, you know, we just got to be patient with them. And unfortunately, the Devils weren't able to um, answer on back and, and just try to help him out in his outing. They were able to take the lead and give it uh, uh, him a one nothing 
uh, lead to work with, albeit it's just one nothing, but still better than nothing. They were able to tie it up late in the game. Unfortunately, the Islanders were able to get the final nail in the coffin and make it a 3-2 game. But at the end of the day, John Gillies put up a very valiant effort. He saw 25 shots. He saved 22 of them. He had a save percentage of 880. So one thing about John Gillies coming from the St. Louis Blues organization, and my colleagues over at Locked On Blues also told me this. They said, with John Gillies, you're getting a hungry player. You're getting a player who's just looking to just establish himself, and you're looking for a player who's just looking for another chance. And he's getting it with the Devils. And like I said, I just feel like if Lindy Ruff just gives him a few more reps, then he could have had a much better outing against the Islanders. It was already a pretty solid, respectable outing, but I feel like he could have just done way better. But, you know, like I said, there's only so much you can blame him in in that instance. And also, remember when I talked about getting a half prediction, right? Well, I said that the Devils were going to win the game in yesterday's episode 3-2. to So I got the score right. Unfortunately, I didn't get the right team. Now, here's the thing, guys. If you are a person who feels lucky, if you're a person like me who likes to make predictions, whether you're right or wrong, you need to go to betonline.ag. So BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022, new year, and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started from football, basketball, hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at locked on bets for all your betting needs there as well So coming into this game, there were definitely a lot of interesting storylines that were facing the Devils organization. Uh, I remember talking about in the last episode as to whether or not the game would be played because the Devils kind of had a little bit of a COVID outbreak and it was just like, uh, could, could the game continue? Should we postpone that as well? Because our last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning actually got postponed. I, I think that game was scheduled to be played on Monday, and it's going to be played uh, about a week or two later. But at the end of the day, I said in the episode that I think it's best that the Devils do play in this game because I considered this game to be a gimme win for the Devils just because I felt like despite us missing Jesper Brat, despite us missing Damon Severson, despite us missing Mackenzie Blackwood, I really thought we could handle ourselves against the New York Islanders because if you're going to be down a few of your best players, you might as well just uh, play against a bad team so that way you know they're most likely not really going to show up so you don't really have anything to worry about because in our last matchup prior to the Islanders game we actually put up a pretty decent fight against the Columbus Blue Jackets and unfortunately we weren't able to get the two points against the Islanders this time around but when looking at the storylines there were some good and there were some bad so I just talked about the bad which was whether or not this game would be played but here's another big storyline and this is great and this is just great for the entire New Jersey Devils organization. Jack Hughes has been named an all-star. He will represent the Metropolitan Division and also the New Jersey Devils organization in this year's upcoming 2022 NHL All-Star Game that's set to take place in Nevada. I want to make this a full-fledged episode 
on Jack Hughes. So keep an ear out for tomorrow's episode because this means a lot more than what people think. So obviously, I talked about Jack Hughes the last few episodes. I talked about his overall impact. I said he was going to be my player to watch. Uh, a few weeks straight, I've just been talking about his point streak, what he's been able to do after his shoulder injury, the fact that he's been able to get the most out of Sharon Govich. I talked about his running mate, Jesper Brat, which, by the way, get out and vote for Jesper Brat so he can get into the All-Star game because he deserves it because Jack Hughes doesn't have the season he's having without Jesper Brat, and I genuinely believe that because uh, when looking at the overall statistics, Brat is leading our team in points, goals, and assists. He deserves to go to the All-Star game just as much as Jack Hughes. The only reason Jack Hughes uh, is going to the All-Star game is because he's been making headlines. Last couple weeks, he's been one of the hottest players since the Christmas break, and rightfully so. But at the end of the day, Jack Hughes was able to give us a three-game win streak. So many uh, games in a row with points and just making the players around him better. So if anyone deserves to go to the All-Star game, it is Jack Hughes. But let's not forget about Jesper Brock. So get out there and vote so that way Jesper Brock can make the fan vote and join Jack Hughes and represent the Metropolitan Division and also the Devils organization in Nevada for the All-Star game. Alongside with Jack Hughes representing the Metropolitan Division is also Alexander Ovechkin and also Adam Fox. So that's actually a pretty great company for Jack Hughes to be in because Fox is the reigning Norris Trophy winner, and then Alexander Ovechkin is probably one of the greatest players to ever play the sport of hockey, Washington Capitals legend. So it's a great company for the youngster Jack Hughes. Like I said, keep an ear out for that in tomorrow's episode because I want to make that a full-fledged episode just because it means a lot more to Jack Hughes. So, And obviously, we talked about Shapiro being the backup goalie for the New Jersey Devils. So it was really a roller coaster, if you will, and that basically describes the New Jersey Devils season because uh, there was questions as to whether or not the game would be played. Then Jack Hughes is named an all-star. Then we get a, a New Jersey native to be our emergency backup goalie because four of our goalies are out of commission. So it was definitely just um, an interesting day for the Devils, and unfortunately they weren't able to get the win. Unfortunately, those kind of games suck. And like I told you guys, with John Gillies and his overall situation, I think he would have loved to have some of those goals back. Unfortunately, just nothing you could do in that case. And when looking at Sharon Govich, that that was a great goal from Sharon Govich. That's the Sharon Govich I need to see moving forward, and I'm glad that we were able to get – a glimpse of it in uh, tonight's matchup just because, like I said, he's gotten off to a slow start to begin the year, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And ever since December 29th, when the Devils came back to play after the extended Christmas break, he has scored a goal in all game appearances. So he scored a goal in the Buffalo game, the Oilers game, uh, the Capitals game, and now the Islanders game. So hopefully he can keep that streak going. And uh, just that's the Sharon Govich I need. I need Sharon Govich to be like, that kind of player that I can rely on to get a goal at any given moment. And he's starting to just get a lot better in that aspect. And I think Jack Hughes plays a part now. Like I said, even though Jack Hughes didn't um, assist in uh, the, the goal this time around, just his overall presence and just his overall impact is that much important to someone like Sharon Govich. And then when looking at Nathan Bastian, what more can I say? I just love when Nathan Bastian and Mikey McLeod, super buddies, I love it when they have that moment. They got into a tussle with uh, with a couple Islanders players and just like, 
Uh, I, I'm just like, yep, there we go. There we go. That's the energy. That's the spark we need. You know, don't, don't, don't get yourself into more trouble. But at the same time, that's what they're there to do. They're there to assert themselves. They're there to just spark that plug. And also Nathan Bashan was able to get a goal in this game on a redirect. So uh, amazing work from him. And overall, it was just a great game for the New Jersey Devils. And these are the kind of games that just, you know, hurt. And I know they're not really big on moral victories. I'm, I'm not really big on moral victories either. But at the same time, I think the Devils should be very proud of the way they played. They fought hard. They came back. They capitalized on a power play goal. Like I mentioned, that was the courtesy of Nathan Bastion. But at the end of the day, you know, there's just nothing you could really do. Like I said, it was just absolute chaos for the Devils organization the past few days. And it just seems like they can't catch a break. They can't find some sort of momentum. And I believe this is going to be their downfall going the rest of the way because right now I think they would be performing a lot better if Jesper Bratt was in or if Mackenzie Blackwood was in or if Damon Severson was in. You're probably saying, no, duh. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. It's no dub. It's correct. It's it's truth. It's actual. It's a, it's a 100% fact because, you know, um, it, it just seems like every time we have some sort of momentum, just bad luck hits us. So uh, Jack Hughes making the all-star game is amazing and all, but us having to go to an emergency goalie because we're missing so many uh, goalies uh, due to COVID and injury you know, that kind of outshadowed the narrative going into this game. Don't get me wrong. It's a great story and all, but it really goes to show you what we're putting out there. Like, we're really hurting right now. We're really struggling. I'm not saying we're the only team that's uh, hurting and struggling because I'm glad that we're not like a, a Canadian team where, where they uh, basically have to hope and pray if they're going to play. But at, at the same time, I just, you know, I just think what could the Devils be if like 90% of the roster was healthy or, you know, at full strength because Jack Hughes has missed significant time. Then we've had God knows how many players go in and out of COVID protocol and they're crucial players. They're key players. I don't care what you think about Zaka. We need him in the lineup. I'd much rather have him in the lineup than out of it. And same with Janssen. Janssen um, is having a great year uh, this time around. Then uh, Sharon Govich, same situation. I told you guys he would be an X factor going into this game. And lo and behold, he scores. And then, you know, now we get Mackenzie Blackwood, we get Damon Severson and, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood, he was kind of on a roll playing in six straight games. And then uh, Severson is actually having a pretty good year this time around as well. So it's just like, why can't we catch a break? Like, why, why does this continue to happen to us? And unfortunately, we're just going to have to put on a smiley face and just punch through it. And hopefully we can win against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. However, here's the thing. In one of their more recent games, they did beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. So um, that's a little concerning if you're the Devils. Just I am really hoping uh, that we could get at least Severson back. Um, and maybe he could be like a game time decision. Highly doubt it. But at the same time, since we've missed uh, so many days uh, just because we haven't had a game uh, since uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets game and also um, the Islanders game, I feel like that that's given significant time to just um, uh, uh, get a player off of COVID protocol because, you know, we were able to do it with Janssen. We were able to do it with Zaka, Sharon Govich, and also, like I said, Bastion was a game-time decision. So hopefully the same can be said for someone like Damon Searson. I don't know how long it's going to take for Mackenzie Blackwood to be removed from the COVID protocol. But overall, guys, you know, th that's just what I think because I think this game for the Devils was good and all, but – Unfortunately, it's just like momentum just wasn't really on their side and it's frustrating and it sucks, but there's nothing you could really do in this aspect.
Okay, so I rarely do this. I rarely talk about what's going around the league because obviously with the Locked On Podcast Network, you know, each team has their own designated host. Like, uh, you know, if something is going on with the Devils organization, it is my inferred fiduciary duty. It is my responsibility to report it to you guys. And I don't expect my other colleagues to do the same thing just because, like, I, I am the designated host for Locked On Devils. I cover the Devils, so I can tell you guys myself. And, you know, the same can be said for my other colleagues in a vice versa situation. So I don't really report on, like, stuff that's going on to other respective teams because, like, I, I don't care what's going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't care what's going on with the Florida Panthers. I don't care what's going on with the San Jose Sharks. I'm just giving you guys... Uh, random team examples just because like I said designated host so there's no reason for me to uh, make an opinion or cover it just because the hosts already have it covered we also have locked on NHL so if there is a major news story you guys could go on to that podcast and give it a listen and I will just focus strictly on devils but I feel as though uh, I have to say it just because it is one of the most controversial players in the entire NHL. So if you guys recall, a couple episodes ago, I did a silly season discussion, very poor timing, and I was very frustrated, but nothing I could really do because as soon as I published the episode an hour or two later, it was revealed that the Oilers were going to obtain Evander Kane from free agency. But um, the the player that's been making the headlines the last couple days is Connor McDavid and what he said in regards to Evander Kane. And look, I get the frustration. I get that maybe uh, it was insensitive on his part to uh, maybe just say it doesn't really matter. Maybe he could have worded it a little differently. But here's my overall opinion, guys. And like I said, since I did a silly season discussion on Evander Kane, since, um, you know, I feel as though this is a very big topic of late and just, you know, it, it really puts a perspective as to what is a second chance because someone like Evander Kane, he's been given multiple chances. And unfortunately, like I said, like the Antonio Brown of the entire NHL. So I kind of want to revisit it just a little bit. And you guys know, I, I am not shy about stating my opinions, whether they're uh, politically correct or not. I will say what's on my mind. So in terms with what Connor McDavid said about Evander Kane, what do you guys honestly expect? Okay, look, um, the thing about someone like Evander Kane, I don't want him on the Devils roster just because we're not a contending team. We're not really a fringe playoff team. We're, we're, we're kind of close there, but we're not quite there yet. We, we still have some steps to uh, achieve before we get to that level of being a fringe playoff team or being a serious playoff dark horse. So, you know, let's get that out of the way because we have nothing to gain if we get Evander Kane and really a lot to lose because like I said, Evander Kane is a good player and all, but I don't really want him to disrupt the rhythm of Jack Hughes or Nico Heizer, which is why I controversially said if I was to get Evander Kane or if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, I tell him like, look, to be safe, because it's better to be safe than sorry, I'm putting you on the bottom six and you're going to have to work your way up because I don't want you to disrupt the good flow that Jack Hughes is putting up or Nico Heizer because, you know, th their wingers are, are doing better. Like, you know, Jesper Brat, for example. Then you got Pavel Zaka, things of that nature. So it's just like I don't really want you to just disrupt what our top six is doing right now, especially with how good Heizer and Hughes are with facilitating. So I would put you... Uh, at a wing position at the bottom six and have you work your way up and show me that you can work as a team because, you know, during his time in Buffalo, he's been shown to not be a team player. But anyway, where am I going with this? Um, basically, Connor McDavid said that it, it doesn't really matter what the media thinks about Evander Kane, that he joins the team, he joins the roster, whatever the case might be. Here's the thing, guys. Like I said, do you expect Connor McDavid to slander uh, his future teammate? 
I don't think that's the smart move to do for Conor McDavid to like you know talk bad about Evander Kane saying this is a bad signing. This is stupid because that decision is out of his hands. Look, I get he's the face of the NHL, but at the same time, you know I don't think he's that level of he's the GM of the organization. So what he says goes, and usually the best player is willing to take someone who is disrupted, someone who is troubled under their wing and just basically say, look, I got him. I got him. So I expect Connor McDavid. I expect Leon Dreisaitl to do the same thing, which is they take Evander Kane under their wing. And with how the financial situation is for the Edmonton Oilers, where they're trying to get to, they have, you know, a lot to gain and really nothing to lose. So the role is flipped. It's reversed for a team like the Edmonton Oilers compared to the New Jersey Devils just because, like, they're a contending team. They could put Evander Kane anywhere. And if they get that production that he's been putting up the last few years, and, and you know, aside from the controversy, aside from his tenure in Buffalo, at the same time, it's just like that, that can actually help them in the long run. And he's dirt cheap just because he's devalued himself. So... At the same time, guys, like I said, I don't really try to comment on stuff that goes on in the NHL just because I am the designated host for Lockdown Devils. I know you guys probably would much rather hear Devils news than hockey news, but at the same time, you guys are hockey fans, second to being Devils fans. So I just wanted to share you guys my opinion because, look, I I get it. It's frustrating, and how many chances does Evander Kane need? But at the same time, do you really expect Conor McDavid to slander uh, his teammate like that? Just come on. He's not going to do that. That's not a smart PR move. It's not a smart chemistry move. He might not like it. He might not agree with it. But at the same time, you know, that you you what, what do you honestly expect? That that's my question. So, moving on back to the Devils game. Um you, you guys know my overall assessment. It was a hard-fought game for the Devils. Unfortunately, they just couldn't get the job done. They just lost that momentum and, you know, there were a few mistakes that were made, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, 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 it there's nothing you can really do. That short and simple. They they played a pretty decent game, but uh, you know, I guess for the Islanders, you do need all hands on deck, and the Islanders hadn't played in a while either. So um, I guess they came out with a sense of urgency, and uh, I liked what I saw from some players. Like I said, Sharon Govich and also Gillies had his moments. He'll get better if he gets more. Uh, NHL reps, but at the same time, it, it goes to show you, and it really puts into perspective that it's good to have a backup goalie. So, when looking at the overall statistics of this game, Devils led the shots on goal category, thirty-two to twenty-five. So, keep shooting the puck. Face-off percentage, fifty-eight percent to forty-two percent for the Devils. Remember, I expected the Devils to get absolutely pooped in the face-off percentage because the Islanders are a very good face-off uh, team. And the Devils are not, so uh, that's actually kind of surprising. Devils capitalized in one of their five power plays, and th- that's courtesy of Nathan Bastion. The Islanders had, were one for four. Hits 27 to 16 in favor of the Islanders. Blocks tied 13 apiece. Giveaways, the Islanders led in that category 11 to 8. So overall for the Devils, it was a hard-fought effort. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the job done. So for the first time in a long time, I'm actually going to give them a pretty good grade despite uh, the game, uh, you know, coming out on the losing end, I'm going to give them a B minus just because, no, I, actually I changed that. I'm going to give them a solid B because it was a good fought overall game. There were a few mistakes. I'm sure there was a few goals that Gillies would want back, but at the same time, uh, you know, your expectations for Gillies have to be anywhere from low to moderate, just based on his lack of NHL background. And like I said, we're kind of uh, shorthanded. We're missing a few key guys. We're missing 
uh, one of our best players. And we're also still missing Dougie Hamilton. So I, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. So we're missing two of our three best players. And yet somehow, some way, we were able to compete um, pretty well with the Islanders. So keep that in mind. We're still missing Dougie Hamilton. We're still missing Jesper Bratt. That's two of our three best players. And Jack Hughes is really our only top-notch player still out there. So we'll see what happens in the future. We'll see what happens in that Coyotes game in a couple days. But overall, you know, like I said, nothing to really be disappointed about for the Devils. These suck. These are frustrated. But at the same time, they, they should be very proud of their overall effort. I get they're probably not big on uh, moral victories, but you know, what more can uh, you expect? So let me know what you guys think. I'm curious to hear your guys' overall opinions on the Locked On Devils Twitter page. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.